Welcome back to another episode of Yeah, But Are You Listening? We are winding down our series on domestic violence. We have two more episodes um, this week and next week, and it has just been a journey. I've gotten so much feedback from so many people. Um, If you are one of the guests that have been on, I just want to say people are admiring your strength. I've had people tell me they have cried while listening to the episodes. They have identified with something that they've gone through. Um, And today's episode will be no different. It is it was a little challenging for me because it is with one of my very oldest girlfriends. Uh, We have been friends since she moved to North Carolina in middle school and we were inseparable through high school. So it's difficult to listen to some of the things that she endured uh, once she moved from North Carolina to Atlanta. But um, you know, there is freedom in telling your story. There is power in releasing something that held you hostage for so long, especially if you did that alone or didn't share that with anybody. There is there is just an immense amount of power in that. And so I'm proud of my friend. I am happy to share um, her story. I'm grateful that she allowed me to be the vessel that she uses to share that story with the world. And I hope that you will tune in and listen with your heart um, and learn something. We got another survivor, y'all. So um, this morning, I am here with my good friend, Tammy. We've been friends for, oh my goodness. When did you move to North Carolina? 1989. Good God. I was like two. Okay. No, we were, I was 10. Ma'am, I said I was two. <laughs> okay. So, so there's that. All right. Let's just start with that. Um, my very first friend. Yes. Your yeah. very first friend. And so yes. you moved here and uh, we were in the seventh grade and um, I was first, I was fresh out of private school. Yeah. And so there are lots and lots and lots of stories and memories over the, over all those years, even though you won't let me be two when you moved here and you was 10, like I could have just been two, but okay, whatever. Okay. Um, we were two. But, <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. You, you ruined that. You ruined it. Um, but we're here today to talk about um, domestic violence. And so as part of the domestic violence series, um, but before we dive into that, um, Tammy, what would you want people to know? What would you, um, I used to, so let me just tell you. So when I first started doing these, in my mind, I was going to like, I would have people send me their bios and I would read them in the beginning. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to read nobody's bio. Like why I got to read somebody's bio if I'm talking to them, they could just tell people what they right. want people to know. Right. So what would you want people to know about you? Um, Okay, give me your name, give me where you're from. Okay. Yes. 
give me like where you reside. You don't have to give me your address, but like where you reside. Do you have children? Like, yes. what do you like to do? Give me, gotcha. give me that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, my name is Tammy Tamara King. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows me by Tammy. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the people that came up with me. Um, Tammy at T. Mm-hmm. Um, I am raised in North Carolina. I was born in Germany. Um, like we just said, I moved to North Carolina in 1989. Um, mother of two. Mm-hmm. I have the boy, full grown. He's 19. And then I have um, Santana. She's 14 and just started her freshman year. Mm-hmm. High school yesterday. So um, I was going to say they're back in school already. Yes, they started so, yesterday. So it's so crazy. And not to interrupt your bio. So don't forget where you are. Oh, but it's yeah. so crazy because like your baby started yesterday. Um, I was on Facebook and I see some people in parts, like not in Durham, because Durham doesn't start until I think like the 23rd or something. But some yeah. other people's kids started in like Clayton and Hillsborough and Creedmoor started this week out here in Oregon. We'll it's start like September, September or something, right? September 8th. Yeah. So I got a cousin that lives in Washington State and all his kids go back in September. Yeah, September 8th. So we got a while. Anyway, okay. So so you got a, a freshman in high school and a grown person. Yes. <laughs> um, I currently live in Ackworth, Georgia. Um, and I specifically say Ackworth and not Atlanta because everybody thinks when you move to Georgia, I've learned like, oh, you live in Atlanta? Nah. <laughs> if you black, if you white, you live in Savannah. Like right. them is the only two. You either in Atlanta or Savannah. Ain't no in between. Right. I live in Ackworth, which is about 30 minutes outside the city of it. Okay. So um, and I've been here 12 years now. Wow. Um, A long time. Which has gone by really fast because until I just had it just now I didn't realize it's been that long Mm -hmm. Um, my kids have literally grown up here so um so yeah and I'm entrepreneur I sell jewelry Mm -hmm. I am in the process of getting into real estate with my son and that's exciting I imagine Um, so part of is real estate there right now as crazy as it is here what is it like there so the housing market is a seller's market. So like uh-huh. right now, people's houses, you put your house on the market on Monday at noon and by two o'clock, you've got it's gone. crazy offers. And yeah. like, not only do you have a million of them, but they're crazy. They're 30, 40, $50,000 over asking. Yeah. Um, people are putting down like crazy amounts of earnest money in cash. So if you're a buyer, it's a really difficult time. I have a girlfriend that's that's that was trying to buy a house for probably a year and a half or two years. Like she, wow. it was really tough, um, you know, and she kept getting outbid for the houses that she really loved. And mm-hmm. um, she finally closed on a house like two weeks ago um, okay, yeah. that is turning out to be a labor of love. But I'm like, it, it's going to be like, I mean, nobody wants to move in necessarily and have to like do all this grunt work, but I'm like, when it's done, it's absolutely, so I keep encouraging her, like, it's going to be like, love it or list it. Like you're going to get it. It's going to be flip this house. So the housing market is really, it's tough. You gotta, you gotta be diligent. You gotta have a realtor that's like in it for you. Yeah. You gotta be patient and you gotta have some money. Yes. 
Yeah, you gotta but have also some. the fact that um yes, it is similar here. Um, but and the one thing here is a lot of people come from the outside into Georgia because in Georgia, you know, you can get a whole lot for a little bit. Ah. Like people come from the north where they're paying millions of dollars for, you know, not even a half acre of land and a you know, and so they sit this big house on and you paying out the yin yang, but you could come here and you could get damn near a mansion right. for, you know, half the price. So, yeah. Um, but my focus um, will be, is going to be commercial. Really okay. Um, okay. And then also my goal is to build transitional homes and um, light units uh, for battered women and children. Okay. Um, so, which all comes- Right, full circle. Into this, yeah. So that's my goal. Uh, my son, uh, he's more into wanting to flip the houses and things like that. Um, so, you know, he wants to, you know, I could just buy, we could fix it up and sell it, mom, we could buy it. Okay, we could do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that millennials for you. They wanted to be a quick turnaround, make me some money, keep it moving. Yeah, um, but he's wanting to learn the ins and outs about it too. And um, he's also going through the appraisals class so he can uh -huh. learn to uh, appraise houses and all of that. So kind of learning the different aspects of everything. So once we get into it, we can start cutting out a, a lot of the middlemen that are involved in those processes. So. Well, that's dope. That is um, the fact that he wants to do that already is, um, you know, is is impressive at his age because so many kids don't want to do nothing. <laughs> don't want to do nothing. <laughs> um, all right, so let's dive in. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, don't be nervous. I, <laughs> I can see your face. Okay, so tell me about, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, your experience with domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, as I've said before, you are welcome to share as much or as little about the experience. Um, I, I do genuinely believe that just sharing the experience all by itself is going to help somebody, right? Because I've had a couple of these conversations already um, and the conversations have been different, right? So some people... Um, have had, have been in situations with domestic violence that escalated, you know, to being physically violent very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, some people, the, the, the DV never gets physical, right? It's mental, mm -hmm. it's emotional. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that those, those victims often feel like their story isn't the same. It's um, just damaging. It's just as damn it. So that's the conversation I had. It's like, if we all took the skin off, right? The bruises underneath are the same. Like, yeah. the, like you may not have walked around with a black eye, but like if somebody was constantly demeaning you and constantly, you know, being condescending and constantly telling you you weren't valuable, like that has the same effect over time. If somebody punching you in your face, you just yeah. don't have the physical scars. So, you know, um, I just said that to say that, like, I think no matter how much or how little you decide to share, whatever your comfort level is, it will absolutely help somebody because there is somebody that's going through it, no matter what, no matter how they, 
you know, how you think they feel no matter, you know, because when you're in it, you always feel like you're alone. Like I'm in this by myself. Nobody else, you know, nobody else has ever been through this. Nobody else is going through this. And I can't tell anybody, but, you know. And it's funny because I just had this conversation with one of my closest cousins yesterday, inadvertently. Like we were talking about one thing. um, Right. Because I have an aunt who's in ICU right now. So the initial call was about my aunt. Right, okay. And then, you know, the more we got to talking, we were talking about things and stuff like that. This came up, this topic came up and had no idea, known her all of my life. She's older than me um, by a couple of years, but didn't know a lot of the things that she went through. And she right. didn't know Vice versa. She had no idea that I had went through what I had went through. And so, you know, we don't we crying and it was a whole thing, but you never know. That's right. You never know. So that's why, you know, I wanted to do this. You know, that's why I said whenever you have this topic, I want to be able to speak because I've never spoken out about it. Um, you know, it's only one other person. Well, now to um my cousin knows the details, but besides her, my mom, nobody else really knows a whole lot about yeah. the details. Yeah. All right. So tell me. Um, <laughs> all right. So where you want to start? So like, um, give me the um, first experience. I feel like um so okay first it was when I moved you uh it was when I moved here so 2009 I was what 30 32 okay okay so you're 32 something Um, like that you're in Um, a relationship no okay I hadn't been when I moved here I hadn't been in a relationship in like seven years okay um not a full relation I hadn't no not since I was with Jalen's dad so all right so you moved it you moved to Georgia yeah and what happens and um I go and visit with my cousin um and this person was there okay and um his initial thing was oh you know I got to get a haircut like, oh, oh, nice to meet you. How, how is it? I don't know. You didn't tell me you had a cousin. And, you know, his initial interaction with me was, oh, let me go and get my stuff together and stuff like that. He went and got a haircut. So when he came back later, you know, it was kind of like wanting to impress me. I was only there for a weekend. Right. Okay. Um, so I was there for the weekend. Um, I was contemplating on moving here. Okay. Um, which is the reason why I came to visit. Um, so I was only here for a weekend. Um, talked with my mom and, you know, well, I talked with my aunt and my cousin. Uh-huh. talked with my dad about moving. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I went back on a Sunday. That Monday, this person was calling me. Okay. And I'm like, how did you get my number? Well, my cousin had given him my number. And okay. there was a whole issue with that because I'm just like, I don't know, dude. But they grew up with him. Right. And he was a family member of my cousin's husband. Okay. 
So I'm like, mm. so he called me, when you coming back, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, dude, I got some more other stuff. So when I come back the following weekend, um, trying to make a long story not too long, but um, <laughs> I come back the following weekend, he had completely moved from where he was living into my cousin's home, which is where I was coming to stay until okay. I found a place. Okay. I'm interacting with my cousin. I'm like, okay, we're going out. She was like, we're going to take you out because we're going to do that. My first red flag. Okay, because um, I was going to ask. Yeah. My we were going and all the guys and the husbands of the ladies, we were all going out. They were all like, oh, you know, your cousin coming to town. Now y'all want to dress up. Y'all want to do this. Y'all want to do that. To me, it was normal. You know, you go out, you put on some heels. You go right. out, you you know, that's normal. Right. Um, they thought they were doing too much. And then on top of that, they gave them curfews and this and that. And, you know, this particular gentleman, he was like, yeah, so you come into town and think you could change things. He was like, you got a curfew too. And you guys had just met? The okay. weekend before. Okay. Was had he like had super five? No. Okay. No. So, you know, stayed there, got a job, looking for a place, blah, blah, blah. This gentleman is now living in the home too. We okay. get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and it was off the rip. It was very possessive. High end, it was intense, you know. Um, where you going? What you doing? Um, no, you can't do that. No, you can't wear this. You can't wear that. And my mouth is slick. <laughs> what you talking about? Who, what? You can't, what do you? And nobody's ever told me no. What you mean no? Right. That's what he's telling me. I'm like, I'm grown. You ain't my I was going to say, and you grown, right. Like, no. And so... He didn't take lightly to that and it got aggressive real quick. So let me ask you, so why not? Um, and with the understanding that hindsight is 2020, mm -hmm. right? So I look back at the um, relationships that I've had that were abusive in one way or another. And now I'm like, girl, like, mm -hmm. girl, why you ain't, you know, um, do things differently. So like, why didn't you? So I, I feel like people, I don't feel like people understand, but I feel like people understand more. So, okay, let me, let me I'm like, what am I trying to say? So it's early morning. My brain is still, right. all I had was water, right? So yeah, <laughs> I know, child, I'm, I'm working on it. So like one of the conversations that I had, I presented a situation that I feel like people understand a little more right so she met the gentleman he was perfect a1 mm -hmm. storybook gentleman in the beginning mm. okay it wasn't until later that he became aggressive and possessive and like those mm -hmm. things and so I feel like people have a better kind of a little bit more compassionate to that because they're like, oh, by the time he showed that stuff, you loved him already. Yeah. Right. Like, 
So it sounds like though, this particular situation, he was, he was presenting at least some of those things from the beginning. Yeah. So my question to you is like, you didn't love him yet. God didn't have any kids together. Um, so why not walk away before you, there was an emotional investment? Because at that time in my mind, I wasn't serious. He was. Right. Okay. So it was this just is just something of, at this point for you, it's just something to pass the time. Yeah. Okay. It was like I felt like once I found a place and left my cousin's home. Right. You never see him again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you guys are in a full-blown relationship. He is now telling, you are now telling him no. And he is like, bitch, what? (laughs) And, um, you know, claiming, because at that time, when the first couple of months that I was here, Jalen was still in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he wasn't here. So it was just me and Santana. And Santana was, what, a year and a half, two years old. Okay. Um, oh, that's my daughter. That's, you know. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was just a whole lot of possess- possessiveness. Like, you know, and nobody else found it odd. Whenever I would say something or whenever I would, you know, and then come later on, when things started to really unfold, that's when I hear from family and this and that, oh, well, you know, he's been, you know, doing this to women since we, like, <laughs> but you gave him my number, like you kicked this off. Right, right. So did it get to a point, did it ever escalate to a point where it was more than like verbal? Yes. Um, we had moved um, into a weekly Okay, so you guys um, moved out together. Yeah, one of okay. these lodging type situations yeah. um, in transition to this house that they were finishing up, you know, because things had gotten a little difficult in my cousin's home. Okay. So I was like, while we're in transition, we're going to go, we're going to move into this life. So we did. And um, I can't even remember what we were arguing about um but we were standing outside the room door looking over the balcony and I guess I said something he didn't like again but this was the first time he actually put his hands on me okay and he literally picked me up by my neck into the room and slammed me down on the bed okay and that's when I was like Okay, that's where the fear really kicked in. Okay. Because I would say, and we would argue, and I would say, and but that's when it, it was real for me. Okay. Um, because we could argue all day. Right. You know, and we could say this and we could say that, and he proposed these threats. But until, you know, he actually put his hands on me and yeah, it was real enough for, it was a gentleman across the way, standing outside smoking a cigarette. He saw it and called the police. Okay. So the police come? They come and they take him. 
Okay. And while he's in in jail, I go back to my cousin's house. And he gets out of jail and comes right back there. Right, because it's only like 48 hours. Not even. Right, they don't keep him forever. Like, yeah. That's yeah. your opportunity, Tam. You were supposed to leave. Like, leave, leave. I know. Um, and that's something that I think about all the time. Because before this, I was always, oh, I could never be in that type of relationship. I could never deal with a dude. You always say that. Until I was in, it was four years. Yeah. Four. And I had this conversation not too long ago with my mom. Because within that time, she had retired in North Carolina and moved here. Mm -hmm. So, um, she was like, why wouldn't you, you know, every time something would come up, you know, you would tell me, mom, don't worry about it, mom, you know, this, my, I'm, I'm dealing, this is my relationship, stay out of, and I did. Right. I did. Um, but what I was trying to get through to her is like, it's not, it wasn't that easy for me to just leave because wherever I would go. I could go out in the morning, go to work, go to school or whatever. But I was expected to come back to the house. If not, he would come and hunt me down. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to take kids and I'm just going to grab my stuff and then I'm just going to disappear. Because I couldn't just disappear. My family was all around and he is amongst the family. Right, right. Right. So it's not even like you felt protected or somewhere you could go that would be protected. Right. So he and then when I would try to go somewhere, they would always let on or someone would let on, oh, she's here or she's there or she's. So, okay. So you, so that was the first time. Tell me about the worst time. Um, I had come home, um, at this time I was working in going to school mm-hmm. and I had come home and, um, <sighs> I had come home and, um, his ex or one of his children's mothers mm-hmm. had called me and told me that, um, she was saying something about the fact that, oh, he's just there, just using you, blah, blah, blah. You know, that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. So he comes in the house and I'm like, you know, such and such call. Why is she calling me? Wow. You know, because at this point, I'm not surprised or, you know, it's not unbeknownst to me that he's he's for the streets. <laughs> right. Okay. That he's out here. It's right. not, you know. <laughs> right. I'm just like, but don't, why are they calling me? Right. Don't bring it home. Yeah. So he gets upset with me. Um, one, because I had the conversation with her. Right. And two, because I didn't care. Okay. Do what you do. I'm because I'm not in this. 
Like, I'm still just buying my time until I can get out of this. Like, I'm trying to figure out my escape route. Right. And I guess me being nonchalant or not caring or not, you know, it made him even more upset. Right. So we're arguing and we're back and forth about it. And he has a cell phone in his hand and he throws it from across the room. I was laying on the bed and he throws it. He was standing by the door and it hit me in my eye. And I'm not talking about tossing it like he was playing Major League Baseball. He was a whole pitcher. And my eye busted, bleeding, all that. I'm blind in my eye to this day. Really? Yeah. So that's when you packed your stuff up, right? Don't cry. So this is the point when I say to you that not only is your story going to help somebody but you're a survivor T this is um something that happened to you something that someone did to you it does not define who you are it does not define what you're capable of doing um I um it is just part of your story. I've never been gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. I'm like, yo, I ain't but a few things that's gonna have me out here in these streets. But I don't have me out here. Look, I ain't a killer, but look, don't push. But that's, uh, uh, I was never no punk either. You know what I'm saying? But I, I felt, so weak in that moment. I felt so weak in that moment. Because all I could think to myself was, Timmy, you know, get up, fight something. I couldn't. It's a scary time. I couldn't. And all I could think about was, my kids were in the next room sleep. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want them to wake up to that. Right. I didn't want them to wake up to that. So, um, yeah, but no, I didn't leave. I tried. I tried to get them out because the apartment we were in was in my name. Okay. And this is when I find out about the old because he's been here 30 days. You have to file a Like, come on. The law has been called to this residence. Not by me, but by neighbors. Like, they know what's going on in here. They hear the arguing. They hear everything that's going on multiple times. And here it is, a DV call. You see me. And they still don't make them go. They still don't make them go. It is challenging the, um, the lack of protection that comes with being a victim. 
you know, um, and I am hesitant to even say like with being a, a female victim, because I know that there are men that are out here getting their asses beat. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I feel even sorrier for them because they can't even tell nobody. Right. I mean, they can and they should, but the stigma behind you going to your homeboys being like, yo, she is whooping my ass. Like, you know, um, because people just expect men to be able to handle it or, or leave or hit her back or, you know, but the, the amount, I was actually talking about this to somebody the other day, like, um, that like people get killed every day that have restraining orders. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about is I put out a, I, mean, I put out a, a call on Facebook for, you know, people to do this series with me. And one of the young women that responded is a DA in Durham for special victims. And she processes, um, a lot of what she processes is domestic violence. And so we're actually going to be recording that episode um, in a, when I get back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to talk to her and for her to share from a legal perspective yeah. what people can expect yeah. you know, what kind of support they can expect because that is, that is a hard, that is ch- hard. That is hard. Um, it is hard. Um, okay. So that's your lowest. So before we even, before we even make our way back up the steps, right. We mm-hmm. want up the hill. So yeah. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about, so these things happen, right. These arguments happen. Um you know, these fights happen, they become physical. Um, what is it like after? Between the two of you. So like, he's hit you in the face with the phone, your face is bleeding, you know, your eyes black, I'm sure your face is bleeding. So tell, what is the next day? What does the next day look like? Baby, I'm sorry. Why, why are you not talking to me? Um, Because I went to the hospital that next morning. Right. He um you could call the police, you could do whatever, you could do this, you could do that, but I want to take you there. I want you to make sure you get there. I want to make sure, you know, before all that we get to the hospital and immediately in the triage, they're like. <laughs> Yeah, what's really going on here, ma'am? And the thing about in the hospital, while they say, ma'am, you know, they take me back there and they're like, oh, okay, you can hear him on the outside. That's my wife. I should be able to be in there with her and that, that, and blah, blah. Ma'am, do you want him in here? No. Right. Ma'am, what happened? Who did this to you? him and I know at that point too it's challenging because it's at you know when you have children it's not even just he did this to my eye I want you to arrest him like it goes beyond that like why are there children in the home yes and now I got to talk to you about you potentially taking my kids away because I got them in a house where the dude don't know how to act right you know, and so I, you know, I do, I have not 
been there specifically. Um, the you may remember. Um, I don't know if you remember when we were in high school and I was dating Mario. I mean, everybody knows who Michael's dad is. Um, and uh, we used to fight. We got to the point we used to fight, and I would come to school with nail marks in my neck. You remember that from where we would fight and he would choke me. Oh. Um, and I can remember Minnie and Monty being like, that is not okay. Right. Like, Ovi, that's not okay. And you need, wow. that ain't okay. I, and Coach Gill being like, I will kill that young man. <laughs> you know, with that rat, I'll kill that young man, you know. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't see. Yeah. You know, I couldn't see out of it. I loved him. You know, I felt like the intensity, you know, I was 17, 16, 17, right? The intensity meant like, he loves me. He loves me hard. Not just he loves me, but like, he loves me hard. And at that age, yeah, you know, you want somebody that loves you. I mean, you, you don't really want somebody that loves you like that, but right. yeah. you think you do. Um, you know, and so as an adult, no um, yeah. And I wasn't even really ashamed. It's when I think back, I'm like, it was almost like they were like war scars. Yeah. You know, because I, I think now I'm like, as an adult, if I was, yeah. if I was um, getting choked yeah. out and I had nail marks in my neck, I would have on a turtleneck every day. I don't care if it's 97 degrees outside. Yeah. In high school, I was like, and I, I didn't like show them off to people, but I also didn't hide them. Yeah. Um, and people knew, you know, and I just think about like, and this is why, you know, when you were crying, I'm like, don't cry. Like it's, I mean, I understand, but like, you know, I was in a relationship with somebody for six years that, like not Michael's dad, but um, that didn't do as much there, it was it was minimally physical. Mm. It's physical a little, but yeah. it was minimally physical. Um, but definitely emotionally abusive. Yeah. Um, a lot of withdrawing, a lot of like no affection, you know, um, that silent treatment, no sex, like a mm. lot of that. Um, and then there were some, like the, the police were called, you know, um, and there were times where that, you know, those things happened and my kids were home. Um, mm -hmm. And much like you, you know, here I am trying to deescalate, like I'm the victim, right? But I'm also trying to deescalate because I can't have my kids come down here and see me being the victim. Right. Um, I was in another relationship with somebody who was not abusive at all was not physically mentally or emotionally abusive but was very possessive mm. so maybe he was right and when I say he wasn't I mean like we didn't argue there was no fighting um he was affectionate he was loving but I but when alcohol became involved mm -hmm. right he was very I can remember we went to this party and we talk about it now because we're really good friends 
and we talk about it now and he's like he apologizes to this day he's like yo I am, I don't know what was wrong with me. And I'm like, me neither, nigga. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> so we went to this party and we had been, we had both been drinking, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're at a party, white yeah. party, downtown Raleigh. Um, we had both been drinking and we were standing on a wall and um, a guy was talking like on the other side of me, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't, I mean, I'm standing next to my boyfriend. So it's clearly, I'm clearly not right. you know, engaging, engaging with this other dude. With this other guy. Um, and at the time he had moved, to, my boyfriend had moved out of town. And so I was probably a little more flirtatious with the guy than I should have been. But I wasn't like, wow, disrespectful. I won't twerk and none of that. It was just, right. we were just talking. But because my boyfriend had moved out of town and we're at this white party, ex-girlfriends are hey, and that you know and they're being flirtatious and right. he is not being as not flirtatious as I would like mm-hmm. right so in turn I'm listening yeah. to old boy talk to me over here on the left right yeah he leaves dude is like what is you doing and I'm like what you know what I don't know what you're talking you know that kind of yeah. No, he leaned over and bit me on the face. <laughs> now, Tammy. <laughs> wow. Now, I'm a whole grown adult with a professional job. Right. <laughs> right. And so when it happened in the moment, I'm like, bitch, you bit me. Like, right. what are you doing? And, you know, he, he was like, I, you know, you talking. And, like, he is biting me on the cheek and, like, talking to me through his teeth. Like, you talking to this dude and... I'm like, you know, right, right, that face. But in the moment, I'm like, the hell is wrong with you? But, you know, again, it was, we had, we never had a physical relationship. So it wasn't like, I yeah. wasn't even scared in the moment. Like that fight or flight you described, like it wasn't any of that. Yeah. Right. It almost was like, ooh, let's go to the room. Like, you know, it's, I don't, I, well, that might've been a little sexy. Right. <laughs> it wasn't until... I'm going to say a couple days later that my face actually bruised, mm. right? And now I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. You've known me all my life. I don't wear makeup. I don't even know how, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't cover it up because I don't know mm-hmm. how to do none of that. And I ain't even trying because I'm like, in my mind, ain't nobody going to know this is a bite. Right. It's on my face. Yeah. Older Black dude at work was like, he came to my, he saw me in the hallway and he used to come to my office all the time. Old, old guy. He comes in my office and he sits down. I'm typing away and he sits down and he says, who bit you in the face? Wow. Let me tell you, the amount of embarrassment. Yeah. Because in my mind, like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to think this is, but it ain't going to be a bite. Right. Because who bites somebody in the face? Who bites a grown person in the face? I mean, I was probably 35. Like, yeah. I, no, I wasn't that old. I was newly divorced. So I might have been, I might have been about 30 to 33. Mm-hmm. But like, who bites a grown person in the face? Right. And you know, I ain't a fighter. I ain't in these streets. Right. And so we talk, he and I talk about that a lot. And he's like, yo, I don't even know. He told me, he has told me, he's like, I don't remember what we were drinking. 
But he's like, I have not had any of that since that night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I share that to say, like, we all, if you had asked me if I had been, would have been in any of those situations or relationships, or if my, you know, I'd have been with my ex-boyfriend for that long, given the, the, the level of what I know now is trauma, yeah. um, I'd have been like, girl, no. At the first sight, I'd have been like, yeah. because the one one of the one of the things that I that stands out to me is that we had gotten into a um, and I, I've said before that I believe that men and I, I can only speak for men. Uh, I mean, I can only speak for for what I know about like men with, when women are the victim, right? Mm-hmm. The men that I hear most about and that I have experienced doing the most abuse are men that don't know how to communicate. Like on a very basic level, like use your words, dude. Like I don't use your words. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, and again, like we are very good friends now. And I think he has matured and like he has learned a little vocabulary and like learned to be okay. Um, but at the time we were dating, he did not know how to communicate any any emotion. Yeah. So happiness, sadness, jealousy, disrespect, anger, all of those things resulted in um some sort of violence like you woke up today and chose violence my dude so so for example we were the 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 incident that stands out um we had gotten into um I had planned something for some friends and there was a misunderstanding I had asked him to um so, so I, I had planned for us to go on one of these bicycle things, you know, mm-hmm. where you ride and drink, right? Yeah. And it seats so many people. Mm-hmm. And I was going to have to pay for it up front, right? And mm-hmm. so my goal was to fill it up so that I made all my money back. And right. I, wasn't, I wasn't like making money off people. I just, if it's $50 a seat or $25 a seat, like I want to, and it's 10 seats. And they, everybody needs to have everybody. Everybody needs to see because yeah. I have to pay the two hundred fifty dollars, whether there's five people on it or ten people. Right. So I asked him to check around and see um, if we had some mutual friends, but like check around and see if some friends that aren't mutual want to come. Mm-hmm. So he had actually overbooked, right? But because it was my thing, then I felt responsible for having to turn people away when we got, and I felt bad. So it just started off a wrong, like we did not have a good time, right? We did not have a good time. But by the time it was over, we were both drunk. Yeah. Right. And so um, he goes one way at the end of the night, I go another way. He's angry because I have now gone another way. Um, We meet back up at the end of the night and we meet back up at the end of the night and, he comes to the house and is like on like 10,000. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what the argument was about. Right. Right. But the kids are upstairs asleep. I remember him like continuously like slapping my wrist. And it sounds, it sounds really stupid, but he was hitting it super hard and I had on bracelets. So like he mm-hmm. is hitting me and I, it is cutting my wrist every time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, just leave you're drunk, I'm drunk, just go. 
I ain't leaving. You can't put me out. You're going to put me out. I'm like, I don't want to put you out. Like, just go. So we end up outside or I go in the garage for something. And I have on like some shorts and a t-shirt. And he like lunges at me and in one motion rips my shirt and my bra and like come like down to like he he catches the the collar and like rips it in one motion and so like you rip my shirt off including my bra and mind you it was a bra I liked okay because do you understand what I'm saying a good bra a good bra is hard to find and my boobs ain't even that big but still and now I'm standing in the garage boobs out Mm. shorts on and now I'm like and much like you fear set in but also I ain't no punk you know what what you want to do then right yeah and I'm like I hope my neighbors ain't up like in the back of my mind I'm like right Cause my garage door is open. I hope my neighbors ain't up. We out here fussing. My titties out. Yeah. Um. He wouldn't leave. I ended, up calling, I ended up calling the police. I was terrified to call. So I tried to call his brother, but it's like four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and he's asleep. Um. Police come, and now I'm also terrified to call the police because. We are in the middle of, this is probably five or six years ago. So we're in the middle of like, police are killing us. Mm-hmm. And I am terrified to call the police and have them kill him on my front lawn. Right. And he's drunk. Yeah. Right. I call the police. And so now he's like, oh, you want the police to kill me? And I'm like, well, I know, but I don't want you to kill me either. Right. So, right. So and you won't leave. Right, you won't leave, right? And you don't live here, right? <laughs> so just go. And my kids are upstairs, including my son. Just go. Mm-hmm. Like, don't put any of my children in a position where they feel like they gotta defend their mom. Yeah. Because Michael's not grown at this point, but grown enough, probably 18, 19. Yeah. You know, um, police come. I tell the police, I do not want him arrested. I just want him to go. Right. The challenge for me is I know that when the police get there, they're going to show up. He's drunk, mm-hmm. which is also interesting because the police just this is like, sir, just leave. And I'm thinking y'all going to let him get in the car and drive away. And you drive drunk. drunk. Like you set everybody <laughs> up. But anyway, he leaves. Um, he comes back and like everything like he has stuff of mine. Mm-hmm. He throws it all on my front yard. So Tupperware, hoses, clothes. It's just, I open the front door the next day and it's all in front of A couple of days later, he is apologetic. Um, but like, that was it for me. Yeah. Like that broke something for me. Yeah. Um, I was not interested in being scared. And yeah. that is not to say, like that doesn't break things for, but th- for me, Cause that wasn't the first thing. Like I had been like choked up in the club, you mm-hmm. know, because somebody talking to me, like, I'm just trying to go pee, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I had been cussed at, I had been stalked. I had been so, so I am not at all saying the first time was the last time, but that mm-hmm. for me was it. You know, I had cuts on my wrist. My favorite bra is now split in half. 
you know, like you don't respect me, you don't respect you, you don't respect my kids, you know, and I say, I tell anybody, and you know this, like, you want me to be for the streets? Come for my kids and my mama. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I we are really, we are good friends now. Um, he has matured a lot. He actually would like for us to get back together. And I love him deeply, but there's a part of me that will never trust him. Yeah. Even though I believe he's changed. Yeah. Um, my challenge is you don't know somebody's change until they ain't. Yeah. And then it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we're up the hill. So that was the lowest point. So tell me about the point when you decided you had had enough. Um. <laughs> well, we had hit another point. <laughs> okay. Before I got to that point. Um, okay. Because we had gotten into a whole, like, it was a throwdown. Okay. That was the day that I actually, like, fought back. Okay. It wasn't just one of those throw the phone and hit me, I'm down, I'm good, or right. just right. to kind of choke me up. Um, and this is going to sound crazy, but we only had four incidents where he actually put his hands on me for four years. Okay. That sounds crazy, no, but I get the it. severity of those instances. Right. And then all of the fear that surrounded it, because everybody, well, why? My mom asked, well, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you tell somebody? Yeah. Who? Everybody knew. <laughs> everybody in my circle, at least that was here, it wasn't a secret. Right. I didn't have. I didn't have to come out and say, he's over here whooping my ass. Right. Basically. Right. They and there takes a certain amount of courage and. It takes a certain amount of a lot of things to say that, um, to tell somebody that. Because it's, so. I was ashamed for one. Yeah. And some people don't, why, why were you ashamed? You were the one that was being abused. You were the one that, why are you ashamed? Because I was being abused. <laughs> I'm walking around literally like the one with the patch over my eye because it's all black, swollen, and bloody. I'm the one that's walking around with the bruises around my neck and people looking at me like, oh, that chick is her ass whooped. Because I still had to go to work. I still had to go to school. Right, right. Still had things, still had the things to do. I still had my kids. I think like, so it wasn't like I couldn't, I couldn't just hide. <laughs> So you decide to leave, finally. Yes, and actually, I thank God for his newest baby mother. We ended up having three kids by her. Okay. But I thank God he was cheating on me with her and got her pregnant. Okay. I got a, a Facebook message from her sister. 
Mm-hmm. Because at this time we had we weren't living in the same house anymore. Okay. Um, I had gotten away as far as the house goes. Um, her sister has sent me a message on Facebook because she had found my name on some court papers in his book bag. He was over at her house cutting up. And she reached out to me, her sister did like, hey, we don't, I don't know what to do because he's over here threatening my sister and she's pregnant and blah, blah, blah. Cause first I'm like, why are you even, how do you even know who I am? Right, why are you calling me? And why are you calling me? Call the police. Right. The next day, I guess she saw, because she sent it from the girl's, her sister's Facebook account. So her sister saw that she sent her message, right. sent me that message. And she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I apologize. I just realized my sister just sent you this message, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm having his baby. I didn't know if you knew that, but I know that he's still, you know, in dealing with you because of all this stuff that we found in his book bag. And I know that when he goes missing, he's going to see somebody. So we just assumed that was you. And I'm like, how far along? She was 38 weeks. Okay. I'm I'm almost baby time. So you're living a whole nother life. That was the smoothest escape that I could. Right. He called me. Oh, oh, I know you were upset. You know, yeah, but you know, we're gonna have the paternity test. Well, you know that's your baby. I want I was about to say the N-word. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he, was really he was real ignorant in that moment. Yeah. You know that's your baby. You've been living a whole nother life. Just leave me alone. Just Let me be. Just go with it. It's fine. It's Let me fine. be. Right. Let me be. It's okay. No, but you know, I want to be able to. Nah. The easiest out that I could ever get after four years was for him to get another chick pregnant. So. How did you heal? It took a long time. I think, and I don't think I'm fully healed. No. Because I had a downward spiral. Like, you know, before I was, you know, I drank and, you know, partied and smoked some weed or, you know, I did that. Right. But then it became a point where I was drinking. Right. And that carried into my relationship, my next relationship. Of course. It carried over into that next relationship because while I was never one to fight a man or like I never experienced anything like that. Oh, I went into that next relationship like, oh, you doing this? (laughs) It's not funny. I'm sorry. (laughs) But But that's what it it was. I get it. I didn't it's, you, know, you go into the next thing, fight or flight. Let me, I'll lead off because apparently men hit. 
So let me just, I got something for that. What you're not about to do <laughs> is get out on me. That's what you're not about to do. And then all of that was fueled. Like I wasn't, you know, hitting on him every day, but when stuff would come up or he would do something and blah, 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 and you know, really? So again, how did you heal or how do, how are you healing? What are you therapy. doing? Therapy. <laughs> so you're going to therapy. I started um, with a regular therapist. Now I'm seeing a psychiatrist. Okay. So I am, you know, I'm a fan. I'm like, yo, <laughs> please get some therapy. And you over there that don't think you need none, you need it most. Go get some therapy. <laughs> Go talk to somebody, go run through them demons, go run through them generational curses, go talk to somebody about your inability to handle, blah, blah, blah. Please go get some help. Go get some help. Like it is, it is, um, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, because I, I, um, I don't know, because I don't know how I would have come out of it. And I'm still... I'm still healing, but I'm in a better place. Right. Well, and so yeah. I think that healing is a journey all by itself. It's not a, you know, I, um, you know, I've, I've shared with, with you, I've shared with uh, the world at this point, you know, my kids battle mental health in their own way. Michael, probably the most of the three. Um, and one of the things that I have shared with him or that I continue to share with him is like, you got to keep going even when you think you're good. Right. Like therapy is not, therapy is a forever yeah. journey. Like you don't, you don't, there are, there are times, my girlfriend and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Like there are times in your life when you're going to need to go see the therapist twice a week. Like you might need to have them on speed dial. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going through a lot. You know, maybe when you're trying to move across the country, you know, but yes. then there are other times where life may be coasting and it's not twice a week. Maybe it's every two weeks. Maybe it's once a month. It's just a check-in. Maybe it's, it's as we have, but yeah. like, right, a tuna, but like therapy is a journey. So for even for you to be able to be like, I'm not there yet, but I'm still going yeah. is huge because like it is, it is almost it's never too late to get therapy but when you are peeling yourself off the couch every day you have waited too long like you've waited and that was too me. Long. I mean so that's been all of us there's no judgment there um there's no judgment there and I you know I commend you for going to therapy I commend you for seeing for even being able to see that like you went from being the victim to them victimizing somebody, right? Because oftentimes we can't even see that. Yeah. We like, nah, like, I don't, I ain't abusive. And the reality is like, you are, it's a, it's a reflection of what you've been through. It's a reflection of what you, what you've been exposed to and what you've dealt with. But like, that doesn't give you the right to then turn in, into the person that you have now feared, you know, and you were now trying to get away from. So I commend you for that. Um. Yeah. What would you say to, what would you say to Santana if she was in a situation similar to yours? What would you say to her? 
if she was in it. What would, would you say to her? Okay, so before she's in it, and so Santana's how old? She's 15. 14. So I'm 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 laughing on the inside, right? Because so Maya's she'll be 21 next month. Wow. And the reason that I said, what would you say to her if she was in it? as opposed to what would you say to her before she got in it mm-hmm. is because so I'm still learning, right? As a mom, like I'm still learning. You don't ever, Every you day. always learn. <laughs> you day. always learn it. Um, but you don't, they don't listen. No. <laughs> they hard-headed. I, was, I thought I was going to go somewhere else with that, but that's what I got. They hard-headed. And they yeah. don't necessarily, there are lots of things. Maya tells me often, she said the other day, you know, mom, if I had just listened, yeah, you know, you tried to tell me in the beginning, if I had just listened. And some of that, like, I understand we've been their age, right? And you'd be like, Ma, you don't know this one different. Mm-hmm. You don't <laughs> know the signs. You just mad because they smoke weed. And I'm like, I ain't mad because they right. smoke weed. <laughs> like, that ain't the sign. That ain't, that ain't why I'm pulling your coattail. But right. okay, you got it, sis. Yeah. So that's why I said, what would you tell her if she was in it as opposed to what would you tell her before? Because I feel like they don't really listen before. And then when they're in it, they still can't really hear you. Yeah. Right. Until they're ready. Yeah. So what would you say to her? And maybe if not even if she was in it as deeply as you, but like, let's say she was in it. And the dude was like, she was like, my dude don't ever want me to go nowhere or something simple. Because what I've also learned is they don't even know the signs, right? So they like, you, they get dressed and you like, oh, you look cute. And they say, I'm gonna just say John. Um, John gonna spaz when he see this. Mm-hmm. And you and their girlfriends are like, girl, wear it anyway, girl, put on that dress. And you like, that's a sign. <laughs> like, I, that's a sign. So what would you say, like coming out of a, of a, of that situation, having been in that situation, um, going through this healing process that you're going through right now, what would you say to your daughter if she came to you and was like, and not even understanding how severe that really could be, what would you say to her? Um, Oh, how can I say this without it sounding crazy? You don't have to. That's just just put it on out there. Because my daughter has a mouth like mine. Okay. Don't say nothing. Don't respond in a way. Because that's only going to agitate the situation. Ah, okay. In the case, dealing with someone like the person I dealt with. Right. Okay. Because it was, it was the back talk. It was the, right. it was the, no, it was the, I'm wrong. It was the agitating of what was was already happening. Because he was, I'm a man and ain't no woman going to tell me. Right. Right. Okay. And I don't. I also don't mean that in a way where she can't stand up for herself either. Right. Right. Because I want her to be able to do that. But I want her to be, I would tell her, I want her to be smart about the way that she's going to exit this. Because you're going to have to exit. 
<laughs> right, right. Don't escalate. Like, don't even fight back. Just gather yeah. your things quietly and come on home. I got you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Think about it. Figure it out. What What can I do? How can I help you? Because if I go, because I'm going to want to come and snatch her up, up out of that situation. Just like my mom wanted me to. <laughs> wanted to. So, but that's not, in my case, it wasn't reality. Because while I was begging in my mind, all these people know and nobody came. Nobody came to save me. Nobody, nobody. Yeah. So I'm just like, how was I supposed to? Yeah, I felt stuck a little bit. And, and I also felt like, like I was you never my... know when you're on the outside, am I going to save her for her to turn her back on me? Not you, but right. I just mean, there are so many women, like you hear stories about the police showing up because you done called them and you get there and they, they got to fight him and you, you know. Um, or they come and get them and they go back. And they go back. Um, which is why, you know, it's also, you know, therapy is needed for you to not you, not you, but I just mean in general, like for you to, to exit that mindset of be, of needing that and have a depend, having a dependency on that. Um, so I want to commend you for not only sharing your story, um, but for whatever the reason was having the strength to walk away. Um, I know it's not easy um the challenge is like you're in these relationships so we're in these relationships and we actually love these people it's not like they just some dude that you just you know oh he's all right like you're you're in it for that length of time because you love them and you see past whatever hell they're putting you through um and so I'm proud of you and you know that I love you yes um I am still a process um you know, I'm working through it because like I said, he's still family of family. Right. So there are times we still run into each other. Right. And, you know, in the last conversation, which in the talks of therapy and all of that, that's important too, because it's also taught me how to um, resolve. Because it used to be, I always needed some sort of closure. Right. And when I attempted that with him, it was, oh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, abuse. No, right. you need to go and you need to call them other people and figure out why they abused you because I didn't do nothing to you. Right. Like, well, you know, and what I'm learning, what I've learned as I got as I've got older is sometimes closure is just I ain't doing that no more. <laughs> like right. it's not a conversation. It's just, you know what? I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, so I learned that therapy helped with that. Well, yeah. I think that you are amazing still. Um, and I am going to get to whatever part of Georgia that you live in. It ain't Atlanta <laughs> to see you um, once this pandemic is over. Y'all act a little reckless down in Georgia. Y'all oh. Florida and Texas. And I just can't. I don't want COVID. So I am going to get to see you. Um, yes soon sooner rather than later um 
I, I live know. in the same area. I know you don't remember, but when you were at the airport. Oh, I remember. I, who can forget being <laughs> stuck in the airport for a million hours and you rescued me? So I have not forgotten that, ma'am. But I, I still live in that area. In that area. Okay. Not far right. from my mom's house. Which so is where I will live. make a point to get down there um, when y'all can kind of get y'all COVID numbers a little, a little tighter. Um, in the meantime, please tell your mom I said hi. I'm um, very proud of your brother. I'm like, look at my little brother. He's not really, but you know, kind of. Yes. Um, yes. He is. So tell everyone that I said hello. Um, I will. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you allowing me to come on your platform and talk about it. I know I'm kind of all over the place with everything, but just that I was able to um, talk about it, period. Whatever bits and pieces I spat out. Um, Thank you. You are and going I knew this to was all coming anyway. I told you that it was either going to be a book or a talk show or it was going to be something. So it has been, been a you since forever. <laughs> it continues to be a journey. Miss Future was like, write a book. I'm like, ah, easy, easy on oh, the no. book. It's easy on the book, Karen. I know she's Karen. like, it's not Miss Future. First of all, I've gotten married, and second, all you're grown, and I'm like. Eh. You always gonna be it my seventh feel grade. Right. You always gonna be the future. You always gonna be my seventh grade science teacher. You always gonna be the future. I don't care who you become as you go grow up and have kids. I don't know what to tell you about them, but right. you're gonna be the future to me. So yes, I always appreciate the support and the love, and it is you know continuing to be a journey. It is this is um, oddly therapeutic um, yeah. in a way I wasn't expecting, but I'm also learning a lot about just people and things and situations that I would not have had necessarily conversations about or with or, mm -hmm. you know, and shedding light on things. And, you know, you'd be amazed at the number of people that have reached out to me to say that something that was said or shared or some story that was told was helpful for them. And that That's really the is the goal. Like, I just want to help people. Yeah. I just want people to know that they're not out here in these streets by themselves. Like, we all battling something we all dealing, we all getting through the best way we know how. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do is do yeah. the best you can every single day. Um, give it what you have. That's all you can do. Like that's yeah. all any of us can do. And so, you know, while I, you know, obviously accept the accolades, but like, it's really those of you that are willing to share your stories with me and share your hearts with me and be, you know, transparent and cry with me or laugh you know, with me, um, those are the stories that are going to, that are going to change people. And so yeah. I just get to be a vessel. And so yeah. I, I'm excited about the fact that people trust me with their stories and trust me to be a vessel for those stories for other people that need them. Um, you know, people are listening and I don't even know, you know, right. and that for me is um, pretty amazing. So 